We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lucky Podcast. The Anora Boys are in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly, man. Audio edibles every day. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Hey, man. You already know how it comes off the lefty's arm, man. We spin it different. That's what we do. That's right. That's right. And you already see who's on the screen with us. So definitely, we told you guys we would get Cam McDaniel on to talk Lauren Landau, strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning, and where Notre Dame is going and moving into the future with that side of the program. But breaking news this morning, man, official. It was kind of bubbling yesterday that this was coming, and we finally got the official news. Mike Denbrock is returning as the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. And uh, you know how we started off, left? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. What's smoke?
Well, smoking brought to you by Fashion Geek, AlonzoJackson.com, Fashion Geek. We run the city. Great partnership with Planes right now and Puma on some of their apparel and great sales for the holiday. Go check them out at AlonzoJackson.com. And don't forget, for all your holiday needs, MalikZaire.com. For all your travel needs, all your lodging needs, MalikZaire.com. If you have a GTP, GTB question, type in GTB, load it up for us. We'll get to it in the second half of the show. Left, or should I say Left Stradamus? That's your name today. That's right. Uh, literally in the middle of the season, as we talked about the frustration with the Notre Dame offense, Left Stradamus, known as, well, Malik Zaire, known as Left Stradamus, said, and I quote, if you want to get this Notre Dame offense right and get this quarterback room right, Marcus Freeman needs to go get Mike Denbrock. This is in the middle of the season. And I okay. remember saying, I remember saying, left, what are you talking about? Dude, the dude has Jaden Daniels. He has Nussmeyer. He just just got the LSU new contract. It's like Mike Denbrock, Mike Denbrock isn't going anywhere. And here we go. Once again. I'm going to have to dig into your prophetic gift, bro. I, I, I'm going to have to tap <laughs> into it, you know, ask you what's up with the, with the next Megalotto or something. You know That's right. Saying? I got the numbers, too. <laughs> Yo, you, this one was pretty impressive, Left, but just talk about Mike Denbrock returning and why you felt the need to say what you said in the middle of the season. A lot of it is because... During that time, it related to a lot of the reflection of the quarterback room itself. The quarterback room itself at that time when Denbrock was there is very talented. Not only talented, but potential X factors that can help elevate the team's play, especially with the fit of what his style of offense does. I think that especially where we are as a program, it needs to be quarterback driven. Hey, man, that cat, he's a star. I want to point this out. He's a little left is very smart, Cam. I don't know if you know this. The little left, <laughs> he doesn't start talking. He knows when the show goes live, bro. Yeah. And when the show goes live, little left is like, I'm getting my airtime, man. I'm getting my yeah, airtime, Yeah, he, need, he needs his 15 seconds of fame. But also, you know, Mike Denbrock has shown that with a couple of pieces that hey, he hey. can include into an offense, he can make a Heisman win. Hey, and I think... Hey, hey, hey. That's a great significance for him moving into this spot. Cam, what are your thoughts, man? We All three of us in the text thread were super excited when this started bubbling about the possibility of Mike Denbrock coming back to Notre Dame. You know, your thoughts on the move and Marcus Freeman, he is not playing, man. He is not playing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I think of Coach Denbrock, I, I think of actually some really great memories and um i just think of a guy that uh everybody loved you know like everybody always loved coach tim brock and he was always kind of one of those guys that i felt like was uh we we always had a hot tempered coaching staff on offense and 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 coach tim brock was one of those guys that um he has his own intensity but at the same time like he's he always feels so grounded um and he's definitely a guy's guy. The receivers love yeah. him, you know. And I don't know how much he was like into technique. 
but the guys in the room loved him. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of, you know, my take on him as well. I just feel like he's one of those guys. And, and, and uh, a true, um, like, one of those guys that inspires greatness. Uh, so just you would go into his room. You know, the running backs would go into the receiver's room a lot. And um, uh, you would hear him and just kind of like the intensity at which he would talk about execution. Um, I mean, he was one of those guys that uh, he would make you feel like, you know, if we're talking about a specific play and play design and who it's going to, um, he would make you feel like, you know, you're the guy to get this done and get this executed. And um, I, I just felt like he had a way of really, um, of really connecting with players. And so I've always loved that about coach Stenbrock and it's great to see that he's had so much success everywhere that he has been. And then obviously this last year at LSU um, and what he was able to do there with that high powered offense. Um, so I'm excited. I think it's a great fit. I think that it's from everything that I continue to see from coach Freeman. Uh, he seems like, like the personality fit seems to be there as well. Um, I think he's going to provide some wisdom and experience that obviously is going to be, it's going to be key and crucial. Um, and then hopefully just the ability to bring like a really successful balanced attack. Cause I think that's been one of the things that has been difficult for Notre Dame to like really establish over, um, well, definitely over the last like couple years is really getting the running game going and the passing game going uh, at a, at a really high level. And I think usually we've either teetered to one side or the other to where, you know, for example, last year we had a really strong running game. And I think everybody thought that we were going to have a much more effective passing game than we did. And I think somebody like Dembrock is a guy that can put the pieces of the puzzle together and, and get that offense firing in a way that, um, everybody's excited to see. And when Cam says everybody's excited to see, you know what he's really saying, Sean? Denbrock knows how to make stars. Not stars of the program where guys are happy in the building and the fan favorite. Stars that actually daytime TV is talking about. Yeah. ESPN got to talk about specific players, not just Notre Dame. Oh, that, that guy, Audrey Estime, that that's a bad fella. Right. Stephen A. Smith, that's a bad fella over there at Notre Dame. Because he knows how to make stars, not just good offense and stars. He turned and for Deuce Knight to be excited, he sees that he made Jay Daniels a star. Yeah. Gino Gadouli claiming Desmond Ritter is turning him to a star, I don't know. But he can mm. he can look at the future and see that, okay, this is a Heisman guy we're dealing with. I know that I can trust that in terms of developing myself. And that's no name has always missed that from some key positions, is that confidence that I listen to this guy, I can get to the lead. Cardinal Tate missed that from the receiver room. A guy like Denbrock to the offense, he can feel a little bit better that he's going to call the plays that neighbors had, right? What's yeah. the other receiver LSU had? Uh, Thomas. Name? Thomas. Thomas and neighbors, yeah. Okay, I, I may not have a position coach just yet, but I like what's in there, but I know the offense is going to put me in a position. Yeah, and on that too, Malik, like what I remember from – 
uh, my experience at Notre Dame and kind of just like how he would dial in on the playmakers of our team. Um, like for example, like sophomore, well, freshman year, it was Michael Floyd. I mean, obviously like it was just, it was the Michael Floyd show and he was an instrumental part of making sure that we were getting the ball to Mike and, and making sure that he was, uh, he was getting the touches that he needed. And then my, our sophomore year, it was Theo and the running back room. And so him and coach Alfred were working together to make sure like, Hey, let's get him in the backfield. Let's get him in the slot. Let's put him anywhere that we need to put him to make sure that Theo Riddick has the ability to make a play in this game. And then our junior year, it was TJ Jones. And, yep, TJ. And then, and he and turned, then it was DeVaris. And then it was yep. Will. Right? And so, and, it, and that's when we back, went back to one running back had like 10,000 carries in the season. and But we had a staple of running backs. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you knew, but but you remember players like Will. You remember plays like players like Eifert. Totally. We was the first in the country, I'd say, where we're like, oh, listen, we're just gonna line him up one on one. He a tight end, but it don't matter because he's getting it. Yep. Literally right. forcing the ball to players. Like that's I don't want to say that's his game. That's why I just dress it up as he knows how to make stars. Well, totally forgot about Ive, honestly, but you're you're exactly right. I mean, even freshman and sophomore year. That's when I think my freshman year is the first year that Dimbrock was with the tight ends. See? He's the one he's the one that literally developed. I, I mean, dude, when I got there, you, you wouldn't have thought like in training camp that Ife was gonna be like the dude. Like mm. you wouldn't have thought that. Like he was dropping balls, like he was yeah. did not look like like the Ife that you you know started to see develop that season into the absolute star and legend that he now is at Notre Dame and then by the by our sophomore year like we had had somebody that you know we had this deficit with Michael Floyd but Ife was coming up as this star <laughs> coming up yeah <laughs> and, and so like and then he goes out and recruits Will He's got Devar like Corey Devar. Robinson. I mean, he made something out of Corey Robinson. Like, who, who's doing that? You know, <laughs> dude, that guy's hands. Those that yeah. guy's hands are still the most like some of the most insane, <laughs> naturally gifted hands I've ever seen from a guy that ever. just wanted to play beach volleyball. Yeah, just, a guy that never wanted to play football. He, like he wanted to study Italian and play beach volleyball. Like this, yeah, this guy, did. man, everything but football. You would think was interesting <laughs> to him. And then he'll go out there and do some things. You're like, man, you're just gifted. Like, how do you just gifted, bro? You are your dad's uh, son for real. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that guy so much. It's awesome. Yeah. But lots to be excited about with Denbrock for sure, man. Uh, the guy is definitely a special character and uh, obviously incredible at what he does as a coach, especially on the offensive side of the ball and really just finding playmakers and developing offensive schemes around it, which I think is so huge. Like an offensive coordinator that is able to really like take their personnel and develop schemes around their personnel rather than I've got this scheme and I'm going to make my personnel fit into my scheme. Um, that, that to me is uh, you, you, you have to have that in today's age of football because there's so much fluctuation and versatility to like year to year with the team. I mean, we're going to have a whole new quarterback this year. <laughs> we got to right. like 
reinvent our offense like once again i mean audrick's gonna be gone we're still gonna have like strong running back room we've got transfers like going out transfers coming in and it's just rebuilding the personality of that team and uh and a scheme that's gonna fit them um in a customized and tailored way and i can't think of a better guy to do that from my experience than mike denbrock and i bet you it won't be more no more community football either you're gonna know who the stars are that's the most exciting part. Yeah, that is. That's, that's where. Part. That's where you see the impact in big games, right? That's been the major talk. You pointed to it, Cam, about the frustration with the offense this year. I mean, outside of the big games, they put up points, but when it came to Ohio State, Duke, Louisville, Clemson, that's when the offense struggled. And in those big games, you have to ha- have guys going into that game like we're going to get the ball to the. These are the guys that are going to take us there. And yeah. we have to get them the ball. That's what winning teams do. And you you look at the four teams in the college football playoffs. Michigan, when they get in, dude, they're giving it to their running backs. They're going to find yeah. a way to get their running game going and play action to those tight ends. That's what they're going to. Washington, it's going to be Roma Dunze and Michael Penix Jr. And that's, that's who they're going to in the clutch, right? Alabama, they're going to keep the ball in the hands of Jalen Milrow. That dude, we're going to put it in his hands and let him make plays. And you have to be able to affect and impact those guys that you acknowledge. And it seems like he has a gift as a coach to identify and acknowledge who has the potential to be those guys early on and then pour into them and give them the confidence to feel like, yes, I can go out and execute and be that guy. And you guys said execution is key. And he harps on that. And it's funny because Marcus Freeman has been harping on execution for the last two years. It seems like every press conference after a loss, he's like, forget all that other stuff. If we can execute, we're going to be a really good team. And now he has an offensive coordinator that has that at the core. And it seems like it might end up being the perfect match for Marcus Freeman. LL question of the day. And I have to give a shout out to my guy, Ryan Roberts. We actually had this conversation before the show. Uh, What was the last combination of offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator that you could say was a good combination at Notre Dame? The last good combination of offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Because left this combination of Denbrock and Golden right now might be top three in the nation as far as coordinators. Well, Cam, you can answer to that. <laughs> I was waiting on Malik. Uh, man. I, I said I said Chip Long. I think it was Chip Long and Elko. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Honestly, uh, I don't know, like, if this strikes a nerve with with uh, with Malik a little bit, but <laughs> I don't know how it feels. But, like, I think when we had when we had Matt LaFleur come in mm. um, after I think it was Van Gorder's second year. Um, that combination seemed to be like really promising and uh 
Obviously, LaFleur was coming in mostly as like a quarterback specialist and assistant. Yeah, LaFleur, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but the dude brought a dynamic to the offense that I think was tangible. And he was there with Denbrock. So it was like, it was Denbrock, LaFleur, and BK were trying to like kind of all get along to run the offense. Yeah, that was, that was when it was too many in the house. You yeah. Know, that's when it but becomes that, a little. I mean, negative. think about that. Think about how high caliber like, all those guys are for like scheming up offenses. And it seemed like, in theory, we were going to have some pretty, like, awesome firepower that year. And that was our junior year, and, or my junior year, and we ended up, we ended up struggling a little bit. But um, year before, who was the OC? I guess it was Chuck. But I like I Coach Martin's. Yeah. Thing. I think that's why I committed to. I like it was, Coach Martin. It was. It, it was, was super it, basic. It, was it felt man. like. <laughs> I, I can't say that our offense was like crazy like firepower but like it, we, yeah. we we ended up like getting it done um ev obviously had like quite the year that year and um yeah man like that was i guess i'm not really answering the question but um I agree with you on Chip Long and Elko. I think that that's that's definitely probably the last time. I was just trying to think back to my days, like what the best combination was. Um, well, twenty twelve would technically be the best combination, right? Yeah, it was Diaco and um, it was Diaco and, and Martin uh, and Martin, mm. which you know people have people have like Diaco's, I guess struggled a little bit like since uh the 2012 season and like putting together the consistency but well he's going to yukon and middle of nowhere places yeah. and it's like you know somehow Nebraska but, you know, a guy like, like t-stock though a guy like t-stock who's been up for player uh the Bryles award back-to-back years is uh is is man that that brother's doing his thing man i was so happy to see him yeah, but sometimes the cookie crumbles the way it does. You just fall in that right streamline, and, and you know how sports is just so about connected and who you talking to. Sure. And stuff. It's sure. just amazing because I guess Diaco was kind of like the defensive version of what you guys were talking about with Coach Denbrock, right? Like his system was so simple that he allowed the stars to be stars, like Manti to be a star. In his system, like Lou, we're playing we're playing cover two, two man, nothing exotic, really exotic. I'm allowing my players to go play and make yeah. plays and be stars. So it was a good fit for the personality of the defense at that time. Yeah, um, Diaco, un- like unlike Dimbrock, Diaco kind of has like no chill. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, Dimbrock got chilled. He's Diaco. more intense. He's more intense, man. So you get, uh, I mean, and defensive guys are usually just more intense anyway. So like it, it worked for that time, but, uh, man, I was in some of those defensive meetings cause I played both ways in 2012 and like, oh my gosh, that was, I wish we would have had content from those film meetings and <laughs> just like what went on. <laughs> it was some of the craziest stuff, man. Some of the craziest stuff I'd ever seen. Oh man, uh, he was an absolute character. Um, but 
So I'm going to ask you guys, because you guys have opened up. Once again, your Noah boy, Sean Davis, Malik Zaire, pleased to have our big bro, Cam McDaniel, with us right now. We're talking Mike Denbrock returning to Notre Dame as the offensive coordinator. You guys open this door, so I'm going to go ahead and walk through it. Who on the roster now do you think Denbrock is going to watch film and say, okay, I'm going to tap into this kid. Mm. Like, who who do you see, like, right now that's coming back in 24 that you feel like Mike Denbrock is going to say, okay, that's somebody I'm going to get the ball to. Like, I'm going to make sure that this kid becomes a playmaker. I believe it's Jeremiah Love because of what he can do from the backfield and in the slot. I think he'll be really excited to see that. I think he'll be excited to see who emerges from the receiver room. But I don't think he's looking at any particular guy over the other and saying, oh, this is my throw it to 100 times in a season kind of guy. Quarterback-wise, I think he's excited to take the Steve Angeli, C.J. Carr thing. But I think Denbrock would be more uh, – I think he'll have a bigger hand in who is going to be able to go out there and play. Uh, because I think he'll have a good synergy with CJ Carr, especially if it's all even, you know what I mean? What do you, do you feel better about Riley Leonard now that Denbrock is going to be the OC and the play caller left? I feel, I feel, uh, I feel better because I know he's not going to call anything out of the wheelhouse of his capability. Like because of his offense, it's usually pretty straightforward it's not a bunch of nuances where it could trip you up or it's going to cause you to hesitate but it's one of those offenses where you can make a lot out of it aka get a heisman out of it yeah or you can just be just a game manager and just do good enough and play balanced well off of the defense so it's definitely something where you can make as much of of you can make as much out of it as you want. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think from a, a eye test, it's going to be Cam Williams or Jeremiah Love. And then I think he'll have more synergy with C.J. Carr and Kenny Minchie than it than a Riley Leonard. But I think he'll be excited to see different things he can mix and match with Riley Leonard. You know, one thing that – you can go on the backstory of how Mike Denbrock ended up returning to Notre Dame. Um, December 6th, we had talked about it previously, left when his name first surfaced for the job. That, yo, he already had a contract extension, right? And for some reason, you know, things didn't get approved or get finalized with that extension, which kind of opened the door and put Notre Dame, put the ball in Notre Dame's up. Notre Dame took advantage of it, right? Because the buyout wasn't connected to the new contract. It was still connected to the old contract. And ultimately, you know, as I'll bring this GTB question up or mention it, someone just said, W.O. Lewis, thank you. Is this a final middle finger from Swarbrick to BK on the way out? You're darn right it is. You darn right, Jack Swartz just gave Brian Kelly the biggest middle finger on his way out the door for throwing him under the bus as he left the LSU. 
How how what do you what do you know what I'm saying? What do you mean? Oh, oh just the higher itself. Yeah, I, yeah I'm that's interested. The higher itself. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. I'm interested in um, just what just what this can mean, just moving forward from a recruiting standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a comfortability and synergy there with Denbrock coming in and Mike and um, well, even a Coach Freeman knowing him. So I do think that when they come together, It'll be an easier transition. It's not exactly in-house, but it's a familiar one. I, I, I really, truly believe that, man, we, Cam, you know, all things work together for the good. <laughs> and as much turmoil as this program seemed like it was going through three weeks ago, the success in the portal, the success of National Signing Day, the entire class being signed by like 10.22 a.m., no drama, moving forward, hit Mike Denbrock. It's like for everything you went through, man, yeah, be grateful for the way things have ended up. That tends to be the story with Coach Freeman so far is like when the thing when, – when like major things hit, um, the response has been there, you know, mm-hmm. and um, there's been an ability to pull through in areas, <laughs> even if it's uh, going to get confirmed as a Catholic, like after a big loss, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's, he finds a way to like make the most out of these scenarios. And um, from what I've seen so far in recruiting um, after the people that have left in the portal and the drama that was going on there with Chancey Stuckey and like all of like the receivers that started to bounce, um, he's pulled together some pretty awesome, uh, some magic really. <laughs> like, Man, uh, with he this really is. He really yeah. is, and it makes you feel good about the direction of the program, right? Because. Right. He fully understands the limitations. He doesn't make excuses. And then he understands what we can do. Yeah. Right? And how we can get there. And he's going to do that, man. And if he has to, you know, like last year, if he doesn't get his guy and he has to promote from within, nothing changes. He still has high expectations for the program, the team. He expects to make it to the playoffs. None of that changes. 
And I like having a guy at the helm. It's almost like having a, a Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Realistically, it makes a difference who you have around them. But their expectations, regardless of who else, who's on the floor with them, is like, yo, let's go win. Like, we can win. Like, I'm yeah. on the court. We can win. And yeah. that's Marcus Freeman's to me as a head coach at Notre Dame. Like, I hear all of that. I understand. We can win. Like, yeah. let's go do it. Yeah. And those are big, uh, big comparisons for sure. But I, I, I would agree the demeanor at which he's uh, attempting to operate. And, and honestly, like, the guy just is an incredible, uh, like, he's an incredible like marketing package for indie, like in a way, like not trying to like be object, like uh, objectify like the dude in any way, like shape or form. He just exudes this like kind of essence of like high quality dude, family guy, like competitor, all of the like, all <laughs> of the alchemy that you would want to kind of like, um, create for a Notre Dame avatar. I mean, like the best looking coach in college football, like honestly, like straight up, like, yeah. dude, the guy, like the guy has all the things like going for him in so many ways, like continues to be a guy that players love. Um, all of that's huge, man. And this day and age, like all of that is, is absolutely huge because we're already, um, I mean, you heard what Riley Leonard said about, um, or I don't know if it was Riley Leonard that said this, but one of the one of the new um, guys out of the portal said, you know, I'm coming to Notre Dame because like this is the place that gets the most exposure week oh, in absolutely. and week out. Like, absolutely. and like that's we're the in... frustration, right, Cam? Like, like if Notre Dame went full investment in the football program, so it wouldn't even be fair. It it just wouldn't. <laughs> it it just wouldn't be fair to the rest of college well, football. But the thing is, is with the, like, how, and we're seeing, obviously, the metamorphosis of college football right now and, and like, big ways and, you know, things moving towards these kind of conferences and playoffs and um, the way that we're looking to do it now. Um, the data, like, is monetized, man. Like, the amount of coverage that you get is monetized. And these kids, especially, like, kids coming out of the portal, that have mm -hmm. been in college a little bit and maybe been at like some of these bigger schools and they're recognizing like, yo, like Notre Dame, like every week has got the ability to push my brand out there Absolutely. in a way that nobody else does in the country. And um, especially for guys that are looking for that kind of, uh, they've been like successful, like in other places, um, but maybe haven't got their shot to like be the guy and have the ability to, you know, come in um, at Notre Dame and really have, uh, yeah, the right scenario for them to to thrive and succeed. Um, I think it's going to be just a huge value asset just as we continue this conversation with the metamorphosis of college football. Yo, you talked about brands right there, and we talked about that yesterday with this young kid, CJ Carr, right? And Cam, I flat out, I watched him on the Wake Up the Echo show. I heard the buzz. Like, he's pushing revenue right now with stories, content. And I flat out said yesterday, he's a star. 
Yeah. Like Notre Dame has to recognize, like, put this kid on a billboard in Times Square. He's a star. And if he actually can play, he'll be a superstar. Yeah, he'll be yeah. an easy it, superstar. Easy superstar. But you can start investing in the star. Now. Like, dude, if they literally right are now. going to do a series on Peacock next year, follow that kid for half yeah. the show. He's a star. He has the look. He has the vibe. They're buzzing about him in practice already. He's a star. Take advantage of it. Like, help him build his brand because it would help Notre Dame in the long run. And I agree with you. If Notre Dame, like, fully invests in those areas, man, I'm telling you, no one has a chance because of the exposure you just talked about, Cam. Oh, yeah. too. Alabama wouldn't have a chance. Georgia wouldn't have a chance. Like, they can get the five stars and everything, but Notre Dame has so many other things that they can do to counteract what those other schools do in recruiting that you could kind of level the playing field in recruiting by giving yourself the exposure you need to counterbalance what Georgia and Alabama do. And Nick Saban talked about that on National Signing Day. He said, look, we tell these recruits, we're here to help your brand. Like Notre Dame would never say that. Notre Dame would never say that. There's a happy medium left. There's a happy we're medium. We're sitting in the team room, Cam, 2013, 20, what? Let's go, 2014, 2013. Uh, Brian Kelly walks in there, it's dead quiet. He's like, listen, Notre Dame's here to help your brand. Yeah, right. We all bust out laughing. What's the one thing Notre Dame, Coach Kelly always says, talk about self and that nothing is bigger than a brand. That's the that's the speech. Yeah. I think that's counter opposite. The the way that Notre Dame like helps your brand um is less uh the four for forty helps your brand. Yeah, the right. four for forty doesn't help your brand. That helps Notre Dame's brand. No, I disagree, Le. I disagree. Wait a minute. What they're what telling looks, you. What Luck's trying to say, Sean, is is there is a difference between, like, if you hire somebody to build a website for you, okay, and you pay them X amount of money to, like, build this website, and they go and do it for you, like, that's awesome, right? Like, so they built, you know, your brand, your website, like, for you. They helped mm -hmm. you do that, and they set all yeah. that up for you. And then there's another scenario where you can pay somebody and they'll guide you through the process of setting up your website. Oh, mm. and, and how are you? Okay. Yep. And if you don't like, if you want to build your website, great. If not, great. Like you're still paying me the money. Like you're still like, and it's not like we're paying in this scenario um, in a monetary sense, but uh, it you're is building a better that, template that we already got. This template. Well, well, works just about anywhere you and know. here's what here's what they told us luck is they said um it's not about like uh it's not about what um notre dame will get out of you it's what you'll get out of notre dame and so that really like i think gives you an indicator of the mindset overall of the the entity of notre dame and like how notre dame sees itself it sees itself as a standalone yeah this is the treasure always. chest you can like, you can find a a piece of treasure anywhere around here because you're in the treasure chest. Now 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 you can't give us nothing we ain't got basically, because it's the treasure chest. How are you gonna add treasure to this? The treasure chest. You can get something out of it. 
That that it, but if you spend four years here, you get treasures for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. But if yep. you don't, I mean, that, we don't know. You you can come, you can go, you can say you was here. You see people coming back to the treasure chest. Tyler Buckner just coming back. Said I'll, I'll try it in a different route. I'll find treasure a different way. Drew Pine said I just like it here. I don't even want to do nothing. I just want to. I want to exist in the treasure. Be around it. Totally. But the totally. way college football works, you 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 bringing treasure. Mm. And they either adding to the bag of treasure you got, or they got something where they can give you a roadmap to get a bigger treasure, which is the lead. Notre Dame says this is the end all be all treasure chest. This is chest of all chests. If you go to the lead, that's just that's that's just a, a vertical, a horizontal move. Because <laughs> we got four for forty over here, so that's trumping anything that a lead can provide. This is four for forty. It's true in a lot of ways. I understand what he's saying. Um, it it's changed recently, though, Sean and and Malik. Like you know that has changed recently with NIL and like how everything is. Like it's yeah. different now. Like so, yeah. guys are getting. I mean, look at look at the exposure that Sam Hart, Hartman got this year. I mean, oh my God, you would have thought dude. he was Captain America or something. <laughs> you would have thought he actually won a champion. Like he was Stetson Bennett. He is not Stetson yo, Bennett. Yo, uh, I mean, and how would you cat. feel, real quick, Cam? How would you feel if a transfer, right? Which this gets into the strength coach because I have a question about that too. But if a transfer comes in one year and he's the team captain and the MVP of the team, and you and this your third third going on fourth year on the team, how would you feel? Man, it just depends on like. It just depends on. Man, you like, uh, who, nine and four it, season, it, nine and four just, season depends. It just depends on who, on like who he is and like I don't know I don't know Sam to that level, but like. You wouldn't know him in one year either. I mean, you know somebody a lot, lot better. So after a training camp, you know somebody a lot more intimately than you did before. So I wouldn't definitely... let if I had a my roommate James Anawalu, if a if a transfer came in for one year, I would be upset because I'm like, my, if anybody. Let my roommate get it. We've been in here working this whole time. You're gonna let a one year guy get the MVP of the team? That's like that's like going into somebody's house and then and sleeping on their bed. Yeah. I you guess, just gonna sleep on the bed? You're not gonna get the guest room at all? I guess to me, I don't understand why Audric doesn't get that, but you know, yeah. Like I just think that that's kind of he, he was making historic moves this year. <laughs> like the dude did some absolutely unbelievable things. Um, and I hear what you're saying. I guess it just really just depends on the dude, man. Like, I think example, the analogy was Sean you, like, is okay, Sean. Was, I got the analogy. Was, I got Malik, it together. Malik, if it was you, for example, like if you came in, you know, as a one-year guy, like just say, like I'm on Florida's team, okay, and like you coming in with like your personality, your charisma, like your leadership, and we your nine experience. and four. Are we nine and four though? Even even if you're nine and four, man. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. See, it's different. 
But this is what the team got to have an expectation of these transfers. Because they let guys like uh, 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 our, our good old safety uh, from Northwestern come in. <laughs> you, you would not let – you would not let Brandon Joseph off the hook. Ever. I can't. You know why I can't let off? Because it's the attitude that comes in. Oh, I'm just gonna come in here and be this first rounder off a one year deal with Notre Dame. That's how they looking at it. And I'm like, wait a minute. We done put blood, sweat, tears, three yards. It's like this, Sean. What if your daughter brought your boy, her boyfriend, came to Chicago to come to your house for dinner, right? Would you I would have, have to, first of your all, I would daughter have to invite him and that. Would you That's let your? Time. But you, you, you inviting now. You inviting. You know, it's it's a one time. It's a one dinner pass. Right, right, right. You, now, now you don't know him from a can of paint, but you heard nothing but great news, right? You done got the stat sheet. The man is doing all types of internships. He's about to live a nice, healthy career. Stat sheets, the paper. You heard about it? Would you let your daughter and him? Sleep in y'all bed for the for the trip, and you oh, and your man. wife sleep in the basement or in the guest room or something. Absolutely not, bro. You're you don't care how you're... good you don't heard about this man. You don't care what the situation is. You not gonna let him sleep in your bed. Yo, I'm just because he's coming to in. dinner. I'm just first of all, first of all, first of all, in that yo, analogy, we're talking about personal brands and stuff like that. And about like what's <laughs> best for your personal brands, and then you're gonna come over here and say like that these guys are just taking advantage. Of course they're taking advantage of that. What do you mean? Like, of course a safe a safety from Northwestern is gonna come to Notre Dame and like think yes, I'm gonna use this as a platform to get to the end. And like, like of course they are. Like that's just, that just goes without saying. But like you want like we want that in a way. Like we want we want guys that are at smaller schools that have always dreamed of going to play at a bigger school and they went and they dominated at a smaller school level and now they got one or two more years left and they want to go play at the premier place in the country to play college football like that's right that's huge that means we're getting some of the best and and that's the way things are changing like things are changing in that direction and so we want people to feel welcome like coming from that now there's a difference how do you integrate that into your culture to where egos aren't flaring up and you're getting a bunch of dudes that are taking advantage of the system? That's like, that's the conversation that needs to be like had more than, you know, just kind of like, how do I feel about Sam Hartman, like winning the MVP this year? Because like, I I don't have a lot of feelings around it, like to to be completely honest, but like, uh, I don't think the team, should be judgmental about it either, man. Like he's still a very talented quarterback. He did some exceptional things for the team this year. Nine and four is not like where people, you know, that's a fan base, like want to be at the end of the year. But yeah, like this team, like this season, like Sam Hartman was the guy. And so for that team, it'll never be the same. Like Sam Hartman led this team like this year. And that'll be special for those seniors, for the people that are a part of this team. And like, It'll always be a memory, just like, you know. But we have to align the view. Sam was only the guy because he was pushed to be the guy because of the expectation. When Jack Cohn, it was a transfer, we didn't put him on no high pedestal, and he produced more because he met his expectation. True. I'm just saying, let's stop rewarding guys who don't meet the expectation as 
the end all be all or the season uh, motivator just because we said so. I think if we gave the expectation to Sam to say, hey, we just looking for these. Well, it wasn't even that. It was we needed three games to win from an expert quarterback. That was the deal. And I just think he didn't meet his side of the obligation enough for to treat it as if he's the team end all be all because that's Aldrich. How would you handle that differently then? Like as somebody that you want to bring a bit like a quarterback, a competitive quarterback in from the portal, how would you handle that differently? How would well, you I think most- it would have been handled or felt or thought about a lot differently. I don't know if they had this conversation, obviously. But before Sam Hartman coming in, I would have said it just like that if I'm Marcus Freeman. This is the state of our team. Right now, without you, we can win about eight games. With you, we're expecting you to come in and be the reason why we win these three games we got on this schedule coming up. Clemson, USC, Ohio State. We need – we're in the transfer portal – because of these three games at the quarterback position. That's why we talking to you. If you come in to Notre Dame, this is what you accepting as the challenge. So not meeting that deal or the expectation, I don't know how you get the MVP of the team. Because in my opinion, a lot of the games we won, we could have definitely been in the same situations with the quarterbacks we had if that's what we were going to get, a 9 and nine and what three season right now but with with sam accepting those and then exceeding or meeting those expectations that's when the accolades come that's when the heisman talking the oh i can't you know the crying and letting him go last a senior day and you know responding to wake forest's coach who was upset and you know all of this stuff would make sense Jack Cones made sense, and I think that's why the football guys yeah. allowed that last game to happen where Jack didn't come in and complain. He came under the radar, and he ended up being an 11-game guy for us, 10-game yeah. guy for us. It's funny because – So what do you do about I, the money? Because that's the that's where the – Now the money, is. okay, and it, uh, this is where it comes <laughs> in. I'm only paying guys that's 1% it, when it comes to quarterback-wise. Mm. You got to be 1% because I know you're changing the team. If you a project, I'll give you a little money, but I ain't giving you the money that I would give to a Trevor Lawrence. Now, he ain't going to be in no portal. You know, I know Trevor Lawrence going to be in no portal. But, you know, I'm just saying, that's the that's who I'm giving hey, the money to. You, you never know with the portal nowadays. Oh, well, but. nowadays, yeah. Trevor Lawrence jumped in that portal. Absolutely. What you, what, you write the check, Trevor, because we're going to make it happen. But a guy like Riley Leonard who's – Numbers aren't impressing me very much. And he and he has a lot of quote unquote potential, but who what is that for real? You have to do a lot of work on your end. It's like if you got a a, a <coughs> second time around engine. It's like, no, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a hemi. Uh, that's a throwback term for it, huh? The, it's the hemi engine, yeah, it's the hemi. <laughs> it's just the older hemi, and I gotta do a couple things to it, but when I get that thing going, it's it's gonna be something. Mm. That's so it's a little work involved. Now I think Marcus Freeman's doing a good job putting the team together, the the right crew to make it work. But we still know that it takes two years to get two years. 
And that's just been the roadmap of these transfers at that position is that, yeah, you can come in and do a little something, something. But even Jaden Daniels, two years under Denbrock, won the Heisman in two years, not in his first one. So for, unless Riley Leonard's more than one year guy through all the, 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 scientific, the scientific methods proven, it's going to take two years to get something out of a true transfer project. So why not just go back to what we got in the room and then stay on the natural order of recruiting and having the quarterback lead the team? Yo, you know yeah. what the crazy thing is? The yeah. cra- crazy thing is I only have I can't one. I hear you, Sean. Can you hear me now? Okay. I hear what you're talking about, though, Malik. Um, I guess as far as as the change goes, uh, like what change you would make. So you're just saying, I'm not paying anybody like the big, the big bucks unless you are like that guy already. Like there's no. Yeah, if you're if you're slotted as the first or second pick of the draft, first round quarterback, a bona fide, and then the numbers and all the tape shows, you just need a new fresh start. like a guy like a Dylan Gabriel, I'll pay a Dylan Gabriel a couple million. Dylan Gabriel's a proven winner. You know, he's shopping the market. Okay, I, I would spend the money on that. Yeah. I get that. I mean, the man was, hell, 11 and one this year or something like, something like that. So that's somebody I would spend the money on. If I'm in a situation like Notre Dame, who hasn't tested their own room out yet, that's like, Kim, you're moving into your house. You ain't even slept in your own bedroom. You ain't slept in the kids' room. You ain't slept in the basement. You ain't slept in the living room. You ain't even test out your own room. The master room is why you bought the house. Yeah. You know the only problem I had with the Sam Hartman situation, guys? The only problem I had with the Sam Hartman situation was the fact that on senior day, <clears throat> Cam Hart and J.D. Bertrand should have been the final two people announced. Period. That's it. All, all that other stuff, NIL, what do? It is what it is. His production was what it was. Like, the, the drama offensively, the dysfunction on the offensive side of the ball, it was what it was. He did not – MVP, you want to argue that? Fine. It, to me, it was a disgrace that you elevated him – on senior day over two guys that are the pure representation of what it means to come in with low expectations at Notre Dame, supersede those expectations and become really great leaders and players on and off the field for that program. There's no way Cam Hart and J.D. Bertrand should not have been the last two guys announced on senior day. That right there was, in my opinion, Notre Dame acquiescing to, oh, we're playing Wake Forest and the situation. and uh, It's like, dude, stop. You know we zealots for the moment, though. Stop. We, stop we are all zealots that. for the moment. We're going to out-poke the Pope. We're going to uh, out-Muhammad Muhammad when it comes <laughs> down to it because that's what we feel about college football fandom when it's Notre Dame. It's been around a long time. And you know how we treat Brady Quinn like he done won four championships undefeated and has every record known mankind. 
If the it's quarterback like is any glit, this is the this is the thing about Notre Dame. No, this is why it's so sweet at the quarterback position. Because if you are even half as good, slightly decent, and you fit that that pocket that Notre Dame is looking for, that Rudy at yeah. the quarterback position, Notre Dame looking, you write your ticket. It's better than the president of the United States. CJ Carr. <laughs> CJ Carr. Carr, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Hello, dude. hello, CJ Carr. Hello, he, he is. You. He is that dude. He, I mean, the, just the the half, the six months with Sam, you would have thought Sam walked on water. Like he just like, walked floating around the field. Like he just. Do you see, like it's you marketing, see, man. You now, entertainment. You see now the love that Brady Quinn still receives, right? To this day, <laughs> you would have thought he just stopped playing like last year. CJ Carr will triple. She triple. Let's see. Let's see. Get get this college football last last round or something crazy. He don't even have to win. That's what I'm trying to say. He doesn't even have to win it. Give us the optics, CJ. Play off the legacy, CJ. Win it. Win a couple big games, CJ. You. Stetson Bennett. You would have thought, man. What Stetson Bennett won and got famous. If we just appeared. <laughs> See, they just gotta appear, make believe, magic. We have a new, we have a new Brady Quinn. I swear to God, man. That's Lucky Lucky Podcast, man. Once again, Mike Denbrock. Hey, he's the next offensive coordinator, and he's going to be the tight end coach as well. Which goes to what you were saying about Eifert earlier, Cam. And he's a dog in recruiting, man. He, oh, he's a darn good recruiter. So yeah, I've been talking Dame. about Mike Evans. Like right. and what what he's gonna what he's gonna have there because that's right. huge. Yeah, like, we talk about the playmakers and people that he's gonna like. He's gonna be making sure they're getting them. I mean, like Mike's one of those guys that just proved this year when we gotta force some stuff. Like, yeah, you're gonna get it. He's gonna make some plays. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see that that uh, that metamorphosis happen with uh, with Denbrock there with him. And the fact that we are showing love because we're not like we weren't on the CJ Carr train like that as far as like, oh, snap, this dude is a five star. Like this dude's arm is like ridiculous. Like we weren't on that. We were like, yo, he's a really good player. He's a really efficient quarterback. Like he's going to complete a high percentage of passes. He can make some plays off script. Like, yo, this, yeah, this is an upgrade in the quarterback room. But we weren't like head over heels. But both of us immediately recognized, like, over a weekend, like, wait a minute. This dude has a glow. Wait a minute. Like, it's, it's something different with this kid. Like, you listen to him talk. Yeah. You, look, you see the way he looks. It's like, okay, this kid is – we can recognize that. Like, yeah. we might not be on that train as far as, like, skill set. But, like, man, it's something different about this kid. He's a star. And we're hoping that Notre Dame kind of sees that early and says, yo, let's take advantage of that. Because I think once he hits the field, I think he's going to yeah. be good. I think he's going to re- be really good. Skills can be developed with uh, good coaching and Well, he got a good, good one now. Good coaching, good recovery, um, good training, performance. Yeah. Like all of those. Like skills are meant to be developed there. It's the intangibles that you're looking for, those things that like that – you can't really put your finger on, but you're like, dang, like this guy has got something. Mm-hmm. And it's the energetics that predetermine and govern like where performance can really go. 
Yeah. And you see these guys that like carry this sort of energy, whether it's, you know, when Johnny Manziel carried this like intense sort of energy as a playmaker, or Baker Mayfield, yeah. or like, you know, these, these guys that have the swagger um, mm-hmm. and, and not even just like the, I'm thinking of like, you know, kind of like really out there per, like personalities and guys that are, but it's that sort of playmaker, like somebody yeah. that has an intangible where you're like, it's not like, all the attributes of throwing power, accuracy, like decision, like ever. It's just that these guys, like when it comes down to winning games, which is what it like always will come. It'll always come back to that. Like when it comes to winning games, these guys just find a way to do it. And they do it in a fashion that's just no. gets everybody excited. And uh, I hope CJ Carr is that guy. That would be yeah. – that would be amazing. Cam, if if the on-field performance is good, sky's the limit. No, no, no. If it's decent. If it's decent. Look, what was we doing? What was we doing for Jimmy Carson? We done flew him on a private jet. The first first five star to fly on a private jet on his official visit. Some crazy. You know, did we do some crazy stuff? I mean, look. Lucky Lucky Podcast, man. Coming up, Lauren Landau. Is the new strength and condition strength and conditioning coach. And McDaniel is here to talk about biometrics, all that other stuff that Malik and I really that's why we call Cam, because it's like, dude, you need to come on and talk about this stuff because you know, strength and conditioning for us is like, man, go ahead and bench 225. <laughs> go do five reps, then go to the squat machine and do five hundred. Squat that, and then go run a little bit. But Cam McDaniel will break it down. Lauren Landau, new strength and conditioning coach at Notre Dame. Why this was a good move for Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. Right here, Lucky Lucky Podcast. We send it to I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League Podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.